You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. Today we're talking about Tom Petty, Full Moon Fever. With me I have Kay. Hey. Riley. Hello there. And Romy. Hello there. Full Moon Fever is the debut studio album by Tom Petty, released on April 24th, 1989 under MCA Records. The producers are Mike Camel, Tom Petty, and Jeff Lynn, and the genres are Heartland Rock, Rock and Roll, and Power Pop. Now I'm going to read the All Music Review from Stephen Thomas Erlwine. Although Let Me Up found Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers regaining their strength as a band and discovering a newfound ease at Songcraft, it just didn't sell that well. Perhaps that factor, along with road fatigue, led Petty to record his first solo album, Full Moon Fever. Nevertheless, the distinction between solo and Heartbreakers is fuzzy, because Full Moon Fever is essentially in the same style as the Heartbreakers albums. Mike Campbell co-wrote two songs and co-produced the record, and he, along with Benmont, Tench, and Howie Epstein all play on the album. However, the album does sound different from any Heartbreakers record due to the presence of Jeff Lynne, former Electric Light Orchestra leader. Petty co-wrote the lion's share of the album with Lynne, who is also the record's main producer. In his hands, Petty's roots rock becomes clean and glossy, layered with shimmering vocal harmonies, keyboards, and acoustic guitars. It's a friendly, radio-ready sound, and if it has dated somewhat over the years, the craft is still admirable and appealing. But the real reason Full Moon Fever became Petty's biggest hit is that it boasted a selection of songs that rivaled Damn the Torpedoes. Full Moon Fever didn't have a weak track, even if a few weren't quite as strong as others. The album was filled with highlights, I Won't Back Down, The Wistful of Facing the Crowd, The Rockabilly Throwaways, You're So Bad, and A Mind with a Heart on Its Own, The Birds cover, Feel a Whole Lot Better, The Charging Running Down a Dream, and Free Fallen, a coming-of-age ballad that could be Petty's best song. Full Moon Fever might have been meant as an off-the-cuff detour, but it turned into a minor masterpiece. Right, what do we think of Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty? Yeah! Yeah! Good <laughs> shit! You know, Kay, I've never seen you this enthusiastic about a rock album or artist since ever. It's just really exciting when we get to something that I know and also enjoy. Hmm. I just get really passionate, you know. Yeah, me, I, I like this album pretty pretty much. I like, I like a lot. It's got some good shit on here. Okay, that's it. Next time we'll be looking at is... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Can we add that to the highlights reel if there is any? I can't believe that's the first time you had that joke in this entire podcast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You've been waiting for a long time yeah. to pull that one on us, haven't you? Yeah. 
miracle! I'm gonna bludgeon the hell out of this joke now that I've used it. But why is this album good? Tell me why this album is good. Because it is. Fair enough. Because it's magic. <laughs> it's good because it's... I think I, I mentioned this when it was announced. But it's very specifically... I mean, all the songs, honestly, are very easy to imagine AMVs to. And I think that just really boosts it for me. Hmm. Oh, de definitely. I don't know. It just feels like the songs are stories, right? Yeah. Like, it's cool. It's. I would recommend this to a musical theater fan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have the, I kind of have the same, I have the same thing with you with like, I hear these songs all the time and they're like, I make like little stories and AMVs in my head. Just replace Tom Petty with the best singer songwriter of all time, Jimmy Buffett. Oh yeah, I'm sure you really like the Jimmy Buffett album, don't you? <laughs> Okay, fine. He's not He's not at my top 25, but I guarantee you that he is not as bad as my film teacher says he is. And I will die on that hill. So, knowing me, I only listened to half this album, and <laughs> I listened to the three that Kay very much likes. Yeah! Not disowned. Basic bitch ones! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I listened to the basic bitch ones! <laughs> yeah! It could have been worse. You could have listened to Damn the Torpedoes. I could have listened to Our Maiden Light, or Fair Music. Who knows? You could have listened to both of them, somehow. <clears throat> But you didn't. Uh, but to be fair, Running Down a Dream actually is an AMV. It was like inspired by Little Nemo in Slumberland, a old comic strip. Uh, yeah, I read about that. There's there also oh, a, I don't know. There's also a, a Genesis song from 1978 that's inspired by Little Nemo. So I guess we gotta look a at that album now. Moment of silence for everyone who thinks. Moment of for anyone who thinks we're talking about Nemo from Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Little is Little Nemo like a time. detective comic? Because that would be no, kind of bad. No, he's like, a, he's like a little boy who like he dreams every night and he always wakes up at the end of the strip. Oh, he's literally down Nemo. a dream. Oh. He what if it was all just a dream? That's it crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was all a dream. Okay, <laughs> uh, you told me that you made a little AMV with running down a dream. In your head? What? In my head, I did. Yeah, um, what movie was it? It's not a physical AMV, but it's to an, an OC I made, like, right at the beginning of quarantine. And specifically, within the story, there's a scene of her driving back to the city where she had her big tragic backstory. And it's really dramatic. So whenever I listen to that song, I think of her. And she's, like, driving you down the road. You told me you thought of Cars 2. Can anyone cars listening two. to this podcast episode make an AMV of Cars 2 set to Running Down a Dream? Or more specifically, can I commission anyone <laughs> yes. listening to this to make an, a full AMV animated of my OC from 2020 driving in a car? I'll give you money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it, but I'll give it to you. I'll get it somewhere. Now, meet her at the undisclosed location. And she'll, mm -hmm. she'll give leave you- the, I'll leave the money in a paper bag behind the tree underneath the stump. <laughs> yeah, the tree. The only the tree, tree ever. The tree. We all know that tree. <laughs> the tree. Are you- are yeah. you coming to the tree? Nineteen. Sorry, you guys. In this time, uh, 1989, Tom Petty was uh, part of a supergroup called the Traveling Wilburys. This group consisted of him, Jeff Lynne, the producer of this uh, album. Also there, we have uh, Roy Orbison, who provides uh, backing vocals on Zombie Zoo. We have Bob Dylan, who is thankfully not on this album. And we have George Harrison, the best Beatle. <coughs> He actually... Not Ringo was the best guy. No, George was. George was always the best Beatle. 
We don't need we 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 can't bring bring him up right now. We can't. We just can't. We can't. It'll call the spirits. <laughs> uh yeah so george provides acoustic guitar and backing vocals on i won't back down which is a fire song it is a fire song also maybe not as good for amvs but definitely good for like montages yeah yeah oh you know even though he's not on this album ringo Starr does appear in the i won't back down music video as the drummer. Super slay. I posted a, oh, a video way, of him um, in the musical memes channel where it's uh, Ringo gently caressing the, the planet. Uh-huh. Interesting. You can see oh, it if you way, scroll um, up to May the 4th. Please let Romy speak. This is my podcast. Um, speaking of I won't... Is, can you let Romy speak going to be a running gag? It probably will. It most likely is already. Um... Armyard had the definitive rendition of I Won't Back Down. <laughs> Did they? Not I never Barnyard. watched it. We make it to it on Watch This. May? We, we could. Okay, anyway. Maybe uh, not this year, but soon. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> and there's the other fire song on this album, Free Fallen. Yeah! My third basic bitch beloved. <laughs> we did it. We okay, covered wait. all the basic so... bitch beloveds. <laughs> So this is a while we did it. <laughs> so I would just like to um, point this out. I used to like religiously watch America's Got Talent. And there was this one act and he was like my favorite person in like the entire like franchise, like the entire like competition. And it was this guy who would like had tape over his mouth and he would do like funny things with like the judges and stuff and during one part of the show like like his act or something he just like gets on a stool like a cloud start coming up free falling starts playing and he looks like he's skydiving and it's so funny like he spins himself around and it's hilarious i bet that's, that's exactly funny. what tom had in mind when he was writing that song a song about nostalgia for the Southern California life and leaving his ex-girlfriend behind. Yeah, that's and the vampires. Yes, the, the can't forget the vampires. Of course, we could forget the vampires. My, they're completely real, not metaphorical. They're, there's just like vampires that live there, the literal vampires. Mm-hmm. Like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> and Morbius. Oh, yeah. Morbius. He's the big, real big vampire. Oh yes, Martin Scorsese's favorite movie. <laughs> yep, the best guy. Speaking of Morbius, did you know that it's currently listed on Rotten Tomatoes? At what rating? As bad? Uh, it just says it just says Morbius is currently listed on Rotten Tomatoes, and many people have watched Morbius in theaters and have stated that they sat down in a the theater and watched the film in its entirety. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. Morbius is a film that exists. Indeed. Certainly one of the most films of all time. Yeah. Certainly <laughs> one of the movies ever made. Yeah. Jared Leto announces he's preemptively accepting his Oscar for Best Actor in his performance in Morbius. I had no idea that Morbius. <laughs> I had no idea that the power of Morbius would leak onto this podcast. <laughs> It's all that Morby goodness. <laughs> He's he'll be reprising his role as Dr. Michael Morbius in Morbius 2. Let there be Morbius. <laughs> That's <is> hilarious. <laughs> anyway, um, we all know about our famous uh, snow clone on this podcast. Stuck inside of Mobile with my melancholy Memphis LA running gun roadhouse outside. Woman Blues Brothers variation again. <laughs> But 
allow me to create a brand new one. I think we're killing we're killing her. I'm sorry. Which I think, I think she's dead. The logical apartment song. That that is the new snow clone of this uh, series. Because Can we, we got, add campfire because, song song? No, because we will never cover it on this podcast. This is only a snow clone for songs we cover on the podcast. <laughs> Why would you ask this? Why? I'm just <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we take Super Tramp's The Logical Song, and we take Tom Petty's The Apartment Song, smush them together, we have The Logical Apartment Song. I can't wait to see which song we add next to this wonderful snow clone. I can't wait to see myself get a stroke twice as fast. You're so right. (laughs) The Logical Apartment Campfire Song Song. It was a beautiful day, sun beat down. I had the radio on, I was driving Trees went by, me and Dell were singing A little runaway, I was flying Yeah, running down a dream that never would come to me Working on a mystery, going wherever it is it just me, or does uh, Love is a Long Road sound like a car song? Like a song you would hear in a car? No, like the cars, the new wave group. Hmm. Let's discuss. I mean, we'll get to the, the car self-titled eventually. So we'll have we'll be, we'll be able to like compare the two pieces of music together. But until then, I just want to say Love is a Long Road sounds like a car song. It's got the the keyboards. Tom Pace got those inflections in his voice. It's got that standard four four pop beat to it. I'm convinced it's a car song. Jeff Lynne was trying to make a car song, which I find to be a bit weird because he's a Beatles fetishist. He should be trying to make Beatles songs. <laughs> uh, Riley, you weren't here for the Electric Light Orchestra episode, but let me tell you, Jeff Lynne, he has a Beatles fetish, plain and simple. Wait, Jeff Lynn, the uh, singer and uh, writer and ringmaster for the Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, a Beatles fetish? <laughs> yes. What the <laughs> hell? What well, the hell? Not in like the guys, not the bugs. We think. <laughs> exactly. We hope. You know, yeah, the guys. He is so enamored with his music that he tries to recreate that style of music with his band. Like, the, the, the famous story with ELO is that they tried to become the next Sgt. Peppers. They failed beautifully and became ELO. Now I'm imagining an alternate universe where ELO was in the Sgt. Pepper's movie instead of the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. Oh my god. That would have killed their career right then and there. <laughs> wow. Uh, now I'm awfully glad we don't live in that timeline. <laughs> I bet Jeff Lynn has seen the Sgt. Pepper's movie and loves it because he'll love anything that's Beatles related. It's like his Beatles senpai or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what was the, the song? Uh, I thought Feel a Whole Lot Better sounded a lot like, uh, If I Needed Someone by the Beatles, and I was, I was gonna call Bull with Jeff Lynne because he was, he was using Tom Petty to create his, uh, Beatles fetish songs, but then I realized that it's, uh, actually a cover by a band called The Birds. It makes sense that it has that folksy jangle pop feel. We've heard of The Birds, right? Mr. Tambourine Man, mm-hmm. turn, 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 third song. Eight, oh, Eight Miles High, fourth song. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, not exactly an active episode tonight, are we? Mm, no. Nah. Yeah. I mentioned, like, two minutes ago, Jeff Lynn 
massive Beatles fetish. Like, I, I don't mean he actually <laughs> has a Beatles fetish. He just really, really likes them. I mean, we don't know if he actually does or not. We can't definitively say. Yeah. So. <laughs> we can't be held liable yeah. for anything. But I guess he. Please don't sue us. I'm guessing Jeff it must be must be uh, super hard at the present moment because not only is he in the traveling Woolberries with his idol George, but he uh, not only did he uh, produce Full Moon Fever, but he also produced uh, George's comeback album Cloud Nine, which I I must admit it kind of sounds a lot like Full Moon Fever Cloud Nine does, and it's mostly in like the the percussion sound. And I'll be honest, I don't like the percussion like the drum sound for. For either album like i like the drums to, to go like boom boom but jeff's production he he makes them go and that which i don't particularly care for no nobody wants to talk about this with me we'll let you have this one to yourself you can do say whatever you want i just i don't want to i don't want to sound like a rambling lunatic i mean is that not what this podcast is or at least has been used for mostly. Yeah. Anyway, um, a face in the crowd. I thought that song was just a face in the crowd. If you ask me, it's indistinguishable. Yeah. If it was, if it wasn't there, I'd be uh, fine with about that. Okay, you're the Tom Petty super fan of this podcast. You should be joining in these conversations with me. I should. Okay. Uh, it's a song. It is one of the most songs of all time. <laughs> 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 can, can we? I love the can part. Can that be a new catchphrase? I love the part. I mean, where, it's a joke I stole from Tumblr, so sure. I love the part where <laughs> they sang <laughs> these. Re- <laughs> I love the part where and Tom sang these really lyrics. I mean, they were really just so many words. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's gotta be one of the best songs with lyrics, <laughs> right next to Ryan by Metallica. Of course, and but like for real, I, I do. I do like that song. <laughs> yes, it's, it's not one of my favorites, but it is a song. I do like it. Yeah, uh, you know, one thing that kind of perplexes me. Got a good me, vibe about it. One thing that kind it of per- one of the stuff. things that kind of perplexes me about this album is that the the leading single was uh, "You're So Bad." Like, it's not a bad song by any stretch, but that song, first single. Yeah, I don't know. It just, like, it did something. Maybe it didn't do it, but it did something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's about Tom. It just, there are <laughs> songs that did more things that could have been yeah. it. I don't know what, I don't know fully what the song's about, but I think it's about Tom's sister trying to date a yuppie, but then he, she dumps him or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it it was there. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it meant something when it was written, yeah. but now it's just like. Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, it mentions yuppies, which is like short for young urbanites, which I'm pretty sure a lot of old people hated at the time. So I guess. Yeah. Tom well, Petty wasn't was... it like all the hip new website developers who do things for oh, rich? You, you mean like get. I mean, like rich internet money. You mean like the Zuck? Zuck. I think he was a. I don't know. Mm. If any of our listeners know what I'm trying to say, sorry, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not saying it right. Uh, all right for now is a sweet lullaby. A sweet lullaby is yeah. not needed on this album. You know, it kind of. Oh, I think it's nice. I think it is sweet. Yeah. You know, it kind of sounds like a, a a throwaway off the Crosby, Stills and Nash debut. There's this, like, quiet contemporary folk music, and 
I would uh, show you guys the songs so you could compare, but the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song that it reminds me of, but I can't because Joe Rogan made them take all their songs off Spotify. God, why? God damn it, Joe. Joe Rogan? More like Joe Baba. Joe Rogan? More like Die. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan? More like Joe Kill Yourself. <laughs> Joe Cringe. Joe Loser. <laughs> Joe, you just posted friends. Joe gonna lose subscribers. <laughs> Joe Rogan, more Joe like Joe. Hell. Joe Rogan, <laughs> more like Joe Kerr, 2019. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> yeah. Can we please keep these ones coming? Joe Rogan, more like the next song on this album, which is uh, "Abide with the Heart of uh, Its Own." This is your segue. Yes, it was a segue. I'm not dissing a mind with a heart of its own. I was just segueing. Uh, in the song, A Mind yeah, with a Heart on Its Own, uh, Tom Petty says his middle name is Earl. I had to search this up, and apparently it is true. Tom Petty's middle name is Earl. That's, you know, it's not the worst middle name you can have. <laughs> can I just redraw this conversation about the whole Ponzi we're making? When he said Joe Rogan more like Joe Mama, I swear, <laughs> I was literally about to just... Your mom jokes are the pinnacle of humor, actually. Yeah. No, what about anything that's randomly generated? <laughs> that you have to watch like a million times and... Yeah. Like... Randomly generated? Like your mom? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Weed eater! Right into the chicken cross the road. Your mom's fat. We should not be dissing mothers. Today is Mother's Day, gosh darn it. Happy Mother's <laughs> What? Today's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. Sorry, yeah, moms of the world. Anyway, uh, speaking of moms, my mom has a profound history of hating Tom Petty. I will fight your mom. <laughs> I was about to ask, should I get a new one? No, no, no. You can keep her. You just have to bring her to the Denny's parking lot where we can take <laughs> it out with our fists. Uh, or, 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 and then you can replace her with Catherine Hahn. <laughs> Mother's Day, we're like, day of your mom. <laughs> Doing your mom. Anyway, uh, my my mom's problem with Tom Petty is the same problem Jackson has with uh, Bob Dylan. That voice, that nasally fry voice. Oh, and... that, that's cruel. I think his voice is fine. Frankly, I like his voice too. Harumph. I feel like his voice is not exactly like a feature for me, but it's not like an issue. Yeah, I can I can get past the voice if there's good songwriting. This is why I can listen to Bob Dylan without changing to the next song. Of course, I can I've handle... I've never had an issue with any song because of the voices. I can just kind of like tune hmm. out the voice, I feel like. Hmm. The voice doesn't matter, man. It's all about the music and the words. It's about the meaning, the deepness in the lyrics. Hmm. It's about the vibes. Yeah. You know, um, Tom Petty is known for having famously uh, outlandish music videos. Uh, there's one with uh, I Won't Back Down, where it's like, uh, where I already mentioned Ringo Starr gently caressing the earth. And then there's also ones for songs that aren't on this album, like uh, like Mary Jane's Last Dance, which famously has like Tom Petty as like a, a work worker and he has uh, sex with Kim Basinger's corpse. What? Let's the... not discuss <laughs> this further. I have let's, to... let's leave this topic. Yeah. I, have a cop... <laughs> Goodbye. I have a copy of the 
MTV Video Music Awards where um, in 1994 when they sang Mary Jane's Last Dance and it was introduced as the song that killed Kim Basinger. <laughs> oh. Don't worry, huh? Kim Basinger is still alive, I think. And she's We don't need to check that. We, can, we we don't need to check that. And she's even and she's beautiful in uh, Batman, the 1989 movie. And then there's uh, the, his music video for Don't Come Around Here No More, where Tom Petty is the bad hatter in his own distorted world of Alice in Wonderland. I bet somewhere uh, in 1985, in, in a college uh, stoned Duncan Sheik was watching the Don't Come Around Here No More music video and suddenly got the inspiration for Alice by Heart. <laughs> a, a story in which famously... A whole bunch of people tell Alice to not come around here no more. <laughs> to which she says, fuck you! <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you think Tom Petty was sick to death of Alice-ness? You know, I mean, it depends. Did he... Hmm. Was he like, don't come around here no more in the way of, like, the Red Queen, who was like, if you come around here more, I will kill you? Or, like, in the way of the rabbit, where it's like, don't come around here no more for your own mental health. It all depends. The song was inspired. It really depends. It was the song was inspired by like Tom Petty's uh, like friend slash bandmate slash producer who was hiding in uh, Stevie Nicks's house when she yelled at her ex boyfriend Joe Walsh not to come around here no more. So maybe like the Red Queen. That feels like a very angry. Don't come around here no more. I would put put it around the scale of wet Red Queen maybe. Yeah. Red Queen, Queen McLean, Chris <laughs> McLean. Yeah, I don't know. Chris McLean. I frankly don't know why I'm joking about Alice and Heart, Alice by Heart, so much. I'm not even the biggest fan of that musical. Oh, let's dissect. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, I don't fist fight you, you in the parking lot of the Denny's. In front of me. <laughs> I, I also love Alice by Heart. I'm gonna. Okay, those long eyes is a freaking masterpiece. Really? It's yeah. one of my least favorite ones on the album. Damn. Talk to Jackson and Jess about it. They have a lot of words about uh, those long eyes. It was a meme uh, in our little uh, community back in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. But uh, no, the best song from Alice by Heart. Wait, what's the best song? I, mm, thinking. Is it the one where he dies? No, I like Something's Fall Away because I like Kim Blank. Um, and it's in my vocal range. Maybe it's not my favorite, but it's the only one I can think of right now because I have not listened to the whole of Alice by Heart in a time. Hmm. Not you all putting spoilers. I didn't say who Alice died. I just heart? said I just said the he pronoun. I mean, there are many he's in Alice by Heart. I could be nope. I'm not gonna spoil. Honestly, I think it makes the viewing experience better if you know actually, because <laughs> then you can just watch it and be like, oh, dread. Oh yeah, that's the guy who dies. Yeah, you look at him and you'd be like, oh. He- because he, see, the thing is, you don't actually know when he dies. He really dies at some point, but there's a lot of heated debate about at the point at which the death actually happens. It's mm. a long, there's mm. a lot of, there's a lot. Mm. <laughs> Alice My Heart's a weird musical. Mm. All down the street, standing in line, with white lipstick and one thing on their mind.
uh, Zombie Zoo is the last song on this album, and it's the uh, the closest song that sounds like an Electric Light Orchestra album, which is very weird because Jeff Lynne produced this album. All of the songs should be sounding like the Electric Light Orchestra, but I guess only Zombie Zoo does. Zombie Zoo is a banger track, though. I really dig it. Like I said, uh, Roy Orbison provides backing vocals on that one, so... And the, other, and the only song we haven't talked about is Depending On You. And we're all in agreement that we shouldn't talk about it then. I, we don't talk about... What was the song called again? Depending On You. Yeah, but we don't talk about, about Depending, depending on, you. on You. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no. We don't. Real talk, though. Did anyone see that It's a Small World projection show of We Don't Talk About Bruno? What? No. Yeah, no. there is... There was one for, like, a at least like a week or so and uh like in an alternate universe there's gotta be an alternate universe where they just projected ytp we talked about bruno yes okay Okay, but hear me out what if there is an alternate universe where it's disneyland but all the rides like the movies are just based off of youtube poops of the disney movies (laughs) we need a youtube poop world we do a youtube world with no rides like the Studio Ghibli theme park that has no rides. <laughs> oh my god! There is like there's a Studio Ghibli theme park that has no rides. Not even a merry-go-round. Um, I'm I'm surprised. It's actually oh. scheduled to open on November first, 2022. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of surprised. A, a studio with such vast worlds, absolutely no roller coaster rides that like are so big and beyond compare. But I guess if you want to keep things yeah, modest, that's... that's okay. Like immersive. It's just feeling immersive and stuff. And uh, the apartment song, uh, I already kind of talked about the apartment song. It's the apartment song. So I guess we talked about all the songs, which means we can uh, talk about our ratings for the album. Kay, as our uh, number one uh, Tom Petty stand in this house, uh, you can go first. Nine! I give it a nine! Yeah! I knew that there was a rock kid buried underneath that theater kid exoskeleton. Um, Riley, you're next. With all of the album that I listened to at the point when I joined this, it was pretty good. So maybe a solid eight for me with all that I listened to. Hmm. Yeah, I'd give it an eight as well because it's just feel great. It's the kind of album I could expect to vibe with hmm. with like a family that doesn't pick on me all the time. Hmm. I'd give it an eight, but I want to be the person who's different. Uh, I'm gonna give it like something that's closer to. (laughs) I'm gonna give it something that's closer to my average, uh, eight point fifteen. Like, uh, it's just nice, uh, feel good music. It's got three great singles: "Free Fallen," "I Won't Back Down," and "Running Down a Dream." As much as they're overplayed, they're still like classic songs. And uh, I, I, I see myself going to this album more, even though I already have the greatest hits. I can buy this album if I want. And I and I think I might. I should also let you guys know we're getting to more petty on the podcast. <laughs> petty podcast. <laughs> we got uh, Damn, Damn the Torpedoes, his 1979 <clears throat> album, and Wildflowers from 1994. Although I'm open to adding more. Nice. And having now we just did Tom Petty, that means we covered all the four essential traveling Wilburys, as, uh, aside from Roy Orbison. <laughs> So, of course, we we already have Roy Orbison. I really get to Roy Orbison. We got uh, Tom Petty. We got Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra. We got George Harrison from The Beatles. And Bob Dylan from Bob Dylan. 
So we covered all the Traveling Wilburys. We can do a Traveling Wilburys album now. I mean, we're not going to do it. Ow. I mean, we're not going to do it next episode because too soon. But uh, although I do want to just mention this little uh, hot uh, take, uh, Traveling Wilburys hot take I have here. Um, I don't like Bob Dylan as a member of the Traveling Wilburys. I think if we just replace Bob Dylan with Jimmy Buffett, I think it might actually work more. And it actually makes sense. Like, uh, Buffett and Orbison were good friends. I think they toured once, and uh, Orbison also did uh, backing vocals on one of Buffett's albums. And uh, he also, he brings that, like, little, like, Caribbean, like, Cajun feel in his, like, in his music. I think his, his, uh, he would be a great uh, feature to the Traveling Wilburys. Plus, I do want to see Jimmy Buffett and George Harrison performing together, singing together, writing together, you have you. Hell, there's even a song on there called Margarita. How could they have not uh, had Jimmy Buffett sing that song? It was tailor-made for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to see the alternate universe where uh, Jimmy Buffett was in the Traveling Wilburys. It's the, it's, <laughs> then it's the, it's the universe where everything shows. goes right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the universe where I'm already a filmmaker. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. George Harrison, T- Tom Petty, Jimmy Buffett, Jeff Lynne. Roy Orbison, there's nothing wrong with that lineup. That's a solid lineup right there. But but, but and we got the universe with Bob Dylan and Bob Dylan's voice. It sticks up the joint. Huh. We need to be in the right universe. We just have to make, we just have to go back in time, make sure Bob Dylan was never born. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, and... So when did Bob Dylan become baby Hitler? <laughs> Oh! And then we all, oh. and then we go to Bo- oh. we go to Jimmy Buffett's house and say, uh, "Yo, Jimmy, you should go to George Harrison's house. I bet he'd really love to see you." And uh, also, never make a musical because some poor sap might actually see that instead of one of the greatest musicals of all time. I am that poor sap. Poor sap. Poor sap. <laughs> Uh, yes, for the before, before we before Woo! we uh, announce what the next album is, I probably might as well explain the context. Um, I saw the Jimmy Buffett musical instead of Hades Town. That's my big story. That's my incident. Such a poor sap you are. Can't believe I end, it. I ended up seeing Hades Town eventually, but the burden of the sin that is uh, on my back, chained to my ankles, I can't escape it. Oh wait. Let me get this straight. You was you watched the Jimmy Buffett musical before Hades Town? I did, and I had every right to go. I had every right to make the pilgrimage up to New York to see Hades Town, but I didn't. I mean, if it makes you feel actually no, this would probably be make you think less. Of, I don't actually know what this would make you think, but on the day that it was Amber Gray's last day in Hades Town, I was in New York, and I saw Six with my family, and Six was very good, and it's not as shameful. As the Jimmy Buffett musical. But still, I was in New York on Amber Gray's last day. Hmm. Didn't see it. On your side, <laughs> you you were seeing family. On my side, I was, I was watching family, yes. Jimmy I was watching I was Jimmy Buffett's uh sellout musical. So you, you voluntarily did that. Yes. Alright, uh that's, that's enough blabbering shame, for now. Shame, shame. That's enough blabbering for now. Uh Riley, next week's your birthday. Do you wanna announce your uh, birthday album? Yeah. Alright. So I've been thinking of, I've had this one solidified for a while now, and I told Andrew this one. And you guys get to hear the joke now that we come, came up with. But, um, 
this al- I've been in love with this album since like seventh grade. Um, like I've been in love with this. I love this band. I've really liked it since like seventh grade. And it wasn't until like February when I actually started getting in like listening to them again. And I listened to this album in its entirety. And it has to be one of my favorite albums now. And because it, this is like a rock podcast, so I thought it'd be like, yeah, I'll, let's, I'll do it. So, <laughs> and my mom was also really stoked to hear that we were going to be doing this one next week. So, without further ado, the next album we're going to be looking at is Highly Suspect, The Boy Who Died Wolf. Ah, interesting. I don't think I know it. Yeah, it's kind of modern. More it's, like... came out in 2016. More like Highly Suspect. Highly Suspect. <laughs> So, uh, spaghetti and meatballs! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you. She's a good girl, loves her mom, loves Jesus. In America too She's a good girl She's crazy about elves Loves horses And her boyfriend too And it's a long day Living in Reseda There's a freeway Running through the and I'm a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart 